to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. I want to say thank you for you, for each of you being here. Big crowd today. Thank you so much for being here. I want to say thank you also to those of you who join us online. Uh, we love you uh, and we appreciate you so much, man, being online, being a part of, of our church. Um, you tell us often how much that means to you. Some of us that uh, some seasons in our life or work schedule or different things, we don't find ourselves in the house consistently, but having a chance to join the church online, to watch their church, our church online means so much to people. And I'm grateful that we have the abilities the talent and technology that God's blessed us with to do that. So uh, thank you so much. So I'm wrapping up a series that I started on Labor Day weekend uh, the series entitled History, History, His Story. Well, I wanted to go back and look at Old Testament individuals uh, who God uh, just picked. They, there was something about them, something in their life, something that stood out, and God used them, chose them to do an incredible, incredible work. And for many of us, we got to study those individuals in Sunday school. Uh, we grew up listening to him and learning about him and hearing the stories. And over the years, as a senior pastor, one of the things that I, I felt like was missing was we don't get to see and hear and study and look at Old Testament much. We don't get to see those individuals. What made them so great? What, what, what made their stories so powerful, so powerful and so impacting in our lives? And so I titled the series History, and we just looked at history from not just Bible stories, but Bible history. And history is to be embraced, not erased, my friend. And the same is true about the Word of God. And so we looked at it because we have to understand on this side of the Old Testament and this side of Calvary that the same God that moved then is the same God moving today. He has not changed. As a matter of fact, he can't change. Amen? He said, I won't change. Circumstances won't change me. Situations won't change me. The economy won't change me. The White House won't change me. Nothing changes me. My name is God. I am the great I am, have been, will be always. And that's who he is. And so we needed as a church, I believe, to take a look at the same God because we find ourselves sometimes beat down. We find ourselves in seasons. We find ourselves in, in spots in our lives. And, 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 and we're like, where's, where's that God? Well, my friend, he's still there. He's same God, same God, same God, same God. That's our God. He doesn't change. So I titled today's message simply, Now What? Now what? We're only held responsible that which we've heard, <laughs> Right? We're only held responsible for what we know and we hear, we've heard. And so we have heard over 10 weeks, eight different individuals, 
of Old Testament, what God did, how God used them, what God did in their lives. And, and we can't just stay like we are with the God that is constantly on the move. If God is moving, and he is, he's the same God then as he is today, then if God by faith nudges us, we gotta go. We gotta go. He said, well, pastor, that's a lot easier said than done. <laughs> Correct. But he's the same God. He's the same God. He said, well, I don't like it when my blanks aren't filled in, preacher. I don't like it when my blanks aren't filled in either. But if they're filled in, it's not faith. Amen. And life ain't no fun if we're not walking in faith because that's how it's supposed to walk. Hebrews eleven six says this. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Someone asked me, so if I'm not walking in faith, is God pleased with me? <laughs> He's pleased with you. But you better get ready and tie your shoes tight because he's gonna to continue to move you in faith. And to continue to please God, you're gonna to have to say yes and walk in that faith. I have to. You can't walk one time in faith and be good for life. I'm good, did it once, can't do it again. That's not how it works. Trust me, if you did it once, you can't wait to do it again. Amen? You can't wait to do it again. So we looked at believing plus trusting equals faith. See, believing by itself does not mean faith. It does not mean faith. You have to move your life from believing in God to trusting in God. Once you activate trusting in God, then faith is happening. The chair is the illustration. I can believe that's a chair. Me believing in that's a, that's a chair does not make that a chair. But when my belief of that's a chair is accompanied with trusting that that's a chair and I sit in it, then it becomes a chair and only becomes a chair. Believing in God, that God can and he is the same God is not enough. But once I believe that he is the same God and trust in that same God, that God has not changed. He's the same God today as he was then. Then I've activated faith. Faith is activated when trust comes to the table. Shavak, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, it says in Scripture that God did what he did in their lives and through their lives when they trusted God. Not when they believed God, but when he trusted God. When trust takes over, it activates faith, and faith changes everything. James 2.17 says this, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Uh-oh. You don't have to sign up for seminary and pay that price for get that scripture. That means if I've got faith, then my life has been moved or my life is moving or I have action. Otherwise, scripture says my faith is dead. Faith must move. Amen. Faith must move. It, you can't have faith if you don't have movement. You just can't. Scripture and the Father looks at it as if it's dead. 
If you don't have movement, as I said, you don't have faith. You just don't. And I'm not saying that to be mean. It's just the reality of Scripture. It's just the way God works. If you're not willing to move for God, God will find somebody else who is. The great part is, if he picked you, he's more than enough to do whatever he picked you for. So go with God, even though you don't understand anything about what he's telling you. You're thinking, I, you, wrong address. Oh, Lord, help. You're, I'm gonna mess up the kingdom. He's like, no, you're not. Breathe a little bit, dude, All right? He knows. He knows. When he started dealing with me about ministry and I was in college, I was like, <laughs> you're crazy. Did you know me in the second grade? Stuttering fool I was. I couldn't speak, couldn't write, couldn't spell, couldn't do nothing. Every time I read out loud in class, I stuttered and stuttered and all my, quote, friends that sat around me started laughing. Well, I don't know how to deal with that. So what do you do when you're a kid and somebody laughs at you? You hit them. You know what happens when you hit people in class? Right, you go to the principal. Back in my day, some of you can understand, when you go to the principal's office back in the day, guess who principals were back then? Ex-coaches. You know what's wrong with school today? Need some ex-coaches in that principal's office, amen? Dude, when they hit my little tail, my heels came, whoop, whoop. I did toe raises every time. I did toe raises before I knew what toe raises were. They would tear you up. And they didn't ask your mom if you could hit you or your daddy or nothing. They didn't ask nobody. They just said, bend over, touch the desk. <laughs> Can I, I don't need a vote. What? I need a vote. Okay, we have ABC. No, ain't no ABC. There's A, my way, all right? I mean, that's it. And so I, that, when God started dealing with me, he says, You're, I'm calling you to ministry. I'm calling you to, 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 to speak and, and teach and, and all this. I'm like, <laughs> you funny. I mean, I couldn't run away from that call. Oh, my gosh. I could not. And when I said yes to it, God has done more than I could ever think or imagine. Don't disqualify yourself when he hadn't. I'm going to say that again. Do not disqualify yourself if he has not. Somebody needs to hear that. James 2.18 says this. But if someone will say... You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. I'll show you my faith by what I do. Woo. Some of you are like, those are unfair scriptures, 217 and 218. Uh-huh, and they're in the Bible, all right? Show me your faith by what you do, amen. You know what the world needs right now? In the church, little church and big church, they need those entities to show them your faith by what you do. Then they will know who your God is. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. So we looked at eight individuals. I want to touch on them real fast. I mean real fast because this has literally little to what I want to talk about today. All right? Noah was first right out of the box. Noah, we know him why? Because he built a big old boat when it never rained before. <laughs> That's the best way to say that. It has never rained from heaven before. Dew on the, on the ground, but no rain from heaven. And God says, I need you to build a big old boat because I'm going to send a flood to wipe out mankind because I can't even figure out why I made them suckers. 
You said, did it really say that in the Bible? Doesn't say exactly, but that's kind of what he said. Amen. You can look at it later. If the cowboy game's not very good, read that. You, you'll enjoy yourself. All right. So, so, so Noah built a big old boat out of what? Out of his yes to God. He could have said, God, I'm going to tell you something. It ain't never rain. What do you mean a flood? He could have sat there and argued and, and wanted proof and wanted to justify why. He, no, he just said, okay, I'll build a boat. 100 years, 100 years. You don't hide 100 years of building a boat. You know what I mean? I'm sure he got laughed at, made fun of. People, people poked at him. I'm sure even his own family, maybe his wife said non-encouraging things to him during this period, all right? But he did it by faith. Then we move to Abraham. Abraham, by faith, obeyed and went. Went where? <laughs> That's what Abraham said. <laughs> What? Where, where do you want me to go? I, I, I'll tell you later. You'll know when you get there. <laughs> Who leaves the house like that? All right? Some of us are so rigid, we got to know everything before we go. Like the hotel, every, we can't just spontaneously go. What if all the hotels are full and they're having a convention? Some of us are married to people that say, well, you don't care. We don't find. They'll just build one while we're driving. All right? I mean, that's... Some of us are that spontaneous. Some of us are, I ain't do it like that. Abraham, God just said, Abraham, I want you to go. I'm gonna give this land to your, to, to your, uh, your uh, descendants and, and I will make you great. <laughs> okay. And he's wit. Can I say something to you? Sometimes God might ask you something that looks really crazy. But if it's God, will you please go do it? He'll define it later. And trust me, when he does, it'll blow people's mind. Joseph was next. Woo! Joseph. We need to talk about Joseph more today. You know what Joseph did? He had no victim card. Oh, the reason I behave is because my parents got divorced. Has nothing to do with you, dude. Nothing. Well, the reason I act like I do, I know I'm not a very pleasant person to be around, but I don't want to live here. Okay. Anybody else not pick this house, this place to live? I didn't know anything about Bushland, Texas. I didn't think anything west of Amarillo, but, but New Mexico. I know we don't have a lot of trees. I came from East Texas. Those are trees. We are, these are bushes. You can gripe about where you live. You can gripe about your job. You can gripe about your boss. You can gripe about a teacher. You can gripe about school. You can gripe about this and gripe about that. Bottom line is God picked you and you're where you need to be. So won't you go make, make much of him? Won't you look at the mission field around you? Quit playing the victim card about why you act like you do and, be, and, and you're behaving like you're behaving. Quit playing the victim card. Everybody can play a victim card, amen? You pay taxes, you can play a victim card. Just saying. As a, I don't know where that came from, but I'm in my notes. I'm just saying, <laughs> some of y'all are thinking most things you say is not in your notes. But, but what I'm saying is, everybody's got problems. Quit, quit, just fall, just quit swimming in all your yuck and go make glory to King, go get, bring glory to God. That's what we learned about Joseph. Moses was next. One bad hombre, Moses. Moses is an awesome dude, man. Here's what we learned about Moses. Moses taught us that position equals purpose. If you can sit with God, you'll know the purpose in life. Just sit with God, man. He'll, woo, sit with God. It's rich, and he will do everything. In Exodus 33, it says that he went out and met with God as a friend meets with a friend. He, he, met, with, he met with God face to face, man. Beautiful. And then we remember the burning bush of Moses. 
bushes on fire, wasn't consumed. Moses looked at it, walked over to it, and the bush spoke. Woo, that'd mess up your chili right there. You know what I mean? And then Moses, <laughs> didn't mess him up too much. He spoke back. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> Here I am. Let me tell you something. When the Holy Spirit calls your name, you say, Here I am. Don't say nothing else. Don't say nothing else. I believe the burning bush symbolizes Holy Spirit. It still speaks today. It's speaking your name right now. Just say, here I am. Don't ask him what. Don't ask him why. It's not your place. Say, here I am. Joshua, great leader. Moses' right-hand man. After Moses died, Joshua is the one that led the children of Israel across the Jordan River into the Promised Land. Joshua is a really, really great guy, man. Joshua is spotless in Scripture. He just had a front row seat to watching Moses hear God. And he was rich because of it. He understood that there was one voice above all voices out there. And that voice was God's voice. And he exercised it. Then we went to David. David, we know him. Why? Because he killed Goliath. Amen. He did kill Goliath, but David is the same cat that wasn't where he should have been, made a bad choice of Bathsheba. Right? But we get the greatest repentance psalm in Scripture. Psalm 51 is David's pen of his repentance of his heart after Bathsheba. David was a great, great king. But we also understand from David the gift of praise. And one word, one of the Hebrew words of praise is halal. Halal means it's time to dance. Amen. And so if you're a real rigid, straight, tight, I won't call, won't say frozen, but you know what I mean, just can't move guy, a woman, can I tell you something? When Jesus through the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and you realize what you've been saved from and to, it might cause you to get a little bit excited in worship. Just thank you. Just move a little bit. Just move a little bit. You don't have to cut a rug and dance and all that stuff, but just move a little bit. Why? He moved for you, and he's still moving today, so you need to move for him. We need a little more halal out of the believers. You need a halal in Walmart. You need a halal in United, all right? Just don't get kicked out because you're going to lower your witness. Just halal enough for people to say, what you doing? I'm praising my king because I am redeemed by the blood of the lamb, and I can't contain myself. We need a little more halal. Then we learn Esther. Esther, great, powerful lady. Esther 4.14, I shared it earlier. This is what Mordecai says to her, and who knows but you have come into a royal position for such a time as this. Listen to me. Little church, big church, you have come into a time, a royal position at such a time as this. You absolutely are sitting on the cuff of some of God's greatest moves right now. And you're gonna get to see and be a part of all of that. Don't, be, don't worry about tomorrow. He has tomorrow. You just make sure you have him, all right? When you got him, you got enough because he'll take care of the rest, Daniel's last, Daniel, we learned the word resolve. Resolve sim simply means know before you go. Daniel was set apart. We looked at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We looked at Daniel, okay? What made them great was they knew who they were before they ever walked out of the house. 
greatest thing you can teach your children and learn as an adult is your, the resolve that is in you, that you will know who you are, whose you are, and that you bear his name. That is the key of raising children today. They do not have to act like the world because number one, they're not of the world when they're born again. They're a king's kid, they bear his name and they operate in a system that is not their home and they better stand out like light because I'm gonna tell you this, that is what they're created to do. Let them know who they are and whose they are. So those are the people we looked at. Here's some questions for you. You said, gosh, I, I knew he was gonna ask me questions. Dang it. Here they are. Who'd you most identify with in the series? Who jumped out at you? What did God highlight? What individual did he highlight and you saw yourself? What did God teach you and show you about yourself? What did God teach you, show you about yourself? 10 weeks, then we took communion. I mean, five weeks, we took communion and five more weeks. God did something in you, I promise you. He showed you something. He taught you something. He moved you. I had a lot of people text me, email me, and talk to me about it. I had one text from a number I don't have saved. Here's all the text said. I don't like your chair. <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? I don't like your chair. I like my chair. So if you know me, all I text back was, thank you. I didn't know who it was. I was raised, and if you don't know what to say, just say thank you. By the time they try to figure out why you said thank you, you can get out of there, and they won't even know you're there. Right? And it works. Thank you. What needs to change? What needs to change in you? Are you still stuck in believe? It's God moving you to trust. Some of us are graduating from believing to trusting, and we're about to see faith activated. What needs to change? Are you believing God? Are you? Are you graduating to trusting God? Some of us have been believing God a long time. Now God's like, that's good. That's good milk, but I'm about to give you a ribeye. Solid food. I want you to trust me. Oh, oh, I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. I'm the same God. Don't be nervous. I'm the same God. You want me to do... Oh, 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 you want me to do that? Oh, I know somebody would be perfect for that. I'm sorry, if I wanted them, I called them. I called you. Would you say you have faith? Don't ask me if you have faith. Ask Mr. Faith. Ask God. God, when you look at my life, am I a man or woman of faith? Maybe here's the best way to answer that question. Does your faith have movement? Does your faith have movement? If, you're, if you say you have faith, but you, you haven't moved, maybe you don't have faith because faith will move. So here's what I wanna do real quick. Understand something, that how God speaks to you individually and us individually, the little church, is the same way he speaks to the corporate church. Okay, why it's so important for us to understand how he speaks to us individually is because when he speaks to us individually, he's gonna use the same method to speak to the corporate church. 
And, and, and trust me, God has done that. Right in the middle of the series, God has done that. Several years ago, God gave me a word and gave me a vision and, and just a picture of where we were as a church. We are a beautiful house, a beautiful church, and God has moved mightily. We are debt-free. We own all buildings, all land around us and everything. And God is changing lives and people are joining and it's beautiful. But, but God was saying, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask more from y'all. I want more from you. I, I wanna do more in you and through you. And so he gave me a passage of scripture that I preached on January of 21. Isaiah 54, two says this, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. What I saw was that God was going to take this church, TCAP, the church at Bushland, and there are people that we, by God's favor and, 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 and just what God has done in us, God wanted to take the church to the church, to places that we, that, that, that couldn't get here. There, there's places in Amarillo that don't look like us, smell like us, act like us, or nothing. But, but God loves them. And, and he said, I want you to take this sweet church, this sweet house, these, these people that are real and love people and love Jesus and love, love and hug and love people. I want you to take them there because where, what they're going to can't come here. And so churches sometimes miss the fact that if, if people can't come here, then they're, they're not off the hook. It doesn't get the church off the hook. The church can go there. And so we began to pray and seek the Lord about properties that God might give us or, or, or that we might purchase. And, and, I, and we just, we, I asked for a list of properties uh, through a buddy of mine that works for the Amarillo Area Baptist Association. He gave me about 10 or 12 churches that he did not feel like was gonna make it very much longer. They were, they were declining in health, they were declining in membership, and they could not pay for the property or the bill. And so we began to pray over these, and, and I began to look at some of these properties. And so God began to move, and so the vision was there. The vision was clear, and when I shared that message, some of you went, woo, 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 just started getting excited because that's your giddy-up, and it landed right where it needed to. And so the vision was there about two years ago, but we were in the wait. We had to wait on God. How many of you know that waiting on God is hard? It is hard, man. You say, I can't believe a pastor would confess that. <laughs> I'm real. Pinch me, I'll scream. Waiting on God is hard. It's hard. Because when you, especially when you give a word to the church and you wait, and it's been over two years, you want to get jumpy and anxious. You want to make something that, God that's not really God, you know what I mean? And so you have to wait on God. We believed, or I believed, that I heard God when he said, that property, that church, you will not purchase that, they will give you the keys. They will give you the keys because they trust you, they trust your church because you've operated well in my name. And so we trusted God's timing. And we trusted God's timing and we trusted God's timing. One of our life groups adopted this as part of their life group on Sunday nights. And this group of people went to all these properties that I had listed that was given to me. And they walked and prayed each one of these properties, each one. I personally went and looked at seven properties, but none of them were it. This particular property, Bicota Baptist Church that we 
officially have now. The, the papers were signed Friday. But the, the church that is now our other campus, this was the eighth property that I looked at. Can I tell you what eight means in Scripture? It means new beginning. This is a new beginning for us. We'll never be the same, okay? God divinely set the connection up. I went to Youngbloods that morning. I know that's not a shocker to you, but I, but I went to Youngbloods that morning for breakfast, and I walked in at 6.30 with the individual that had given me these 12 churches. And he said, I had a pastor come see me yesterday. I think that property that, that he... Uh, that his church is on is probably the one. And I said, sweet, if you get a chance, introduce me or share contact and I'll, I'll visit with him. One hour later, that pastor walked in Youngbloods. He brought him over to me, introduced me, shook his hand. We talked for a little bit. We called each other a couple times more that morning. After lunch, Kate and I went to lunch that day. After lunch, he and I drove over to that property I knew the minute I drove up, man, it sits on six acres, six acres of property in the city of Amarillo is hard to find. It sits on six acres. I looked at Kay, Kay looked at me. He looked back at me and he said, this is it, isn't it? I said, oh yeah, this is it. Kay used these words, it's a honey hole. If you've ever been fishing or you go fishing a lot, you gotta look for a honey hole meaning a honey hole is where the fish are biting. They'd bite your shoe if you dropped it in the water. So my granddad used to tell me, when you find a spot like that when you're fishing, look like you're not catching anything, even though you're so tired because they just won't stay off your hook. Because if they find out that's a honey hole, they're gonna come too. And I'm gonna tell you, he looked at it and he said, this is a sweet place. I said, this is a sweet place. So we walked and we met the pastor, looked inside, all that stuff. And we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that was a place. Here's what I want to say to you. When I preached that message two years ago, some were here then, but are not here today. But some of you are here now, and you were not here two years ago. God always knows what you need, who you need, and when you need it. God will always know what you need, who you need, and when you need it. Sometimes when God speaks to you, it's not so much about getting you ready, it's about getting the place ready. It's about the people that you're going to aren't there yet. Or there's something that God wants to do first to, to usher in your arrival. Two years ago, the church looked like this, Today, it looks like this. Can I say something to you? You are here for such a time as this. God has in the house who he wants in the house right now. If you're in the house today, you're in the house because God wants to use you. He wants to push you out of your comfort zone. He wants you to go maybe where you've never gone before. He wants you to trust. We're not closing this campus, I promise you. We're not immediately going to start Sunday morning worship on that campus. We're exactly keeping that little pastor that pastors that little church of about 10 or 12. We're keeping that pastor on our staff, okay? And we're keeping that little church in that building. 
because they can't go so they can't go anywhere else. They don't want to go anywhere else. And I sure am not going to throw them out, the, you know, to the trash. We're going to continue to love on them. We're going to do mission. That that's going to be a mission hub for us. We're going to do Easter egg hunts and back to school drives, and we're going to give coats away. We're going to give Thanksgiving meals away. We're going to we're going to take that baptistry on rollers, and we're going to roll it in the parking lot, and we're going to invite the whole community of Mesa Verde to come out and watch us baptize right out there in the middle of them there. That's beautiful. We're going to do a bunch of kingdom stuff because we're going to take this church and all that it is, man, and love on people that would never be able to come here. It's 24 minutes from our church parking lot to that parking lot. You would think you went to a whole nother world. But I'm telling you, there is some jewels right there. And they're waiting on us. They bought houses since God's given us the vision. Why? Because he knew we were coming. Knew we were coming. This, in the middle of this series, we talked about Joshua leading the children across the Jordan into the promised land. Can I say something to you? This fulfills the promise God made to us. We're crossing our Jordan into the promised land. And who's in the house today is who God wants in the house today. You're a part of that. Can I say something to you? We've been waiting on y'all to get here. Y'all been waiting on because you're a part of all that God is doing in our house. The big passage of scripture for this whole series is Hebrews 13, 8. Hebrews 13, 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God does not change. When he makes a promise, he fulfills a promise. He doesn't break a promise. And God gave us the word, he gave us the vision, and now has dropped the keys into our hands and entrusting us with that campus to make much of him. And buddy, we will for his glory. A little side point, and then I'm done. On December 18th, if you've been here long, you know the third Sunday of December's manger offering. It's where we take all tithes, offerings, everything given that particular day and anything given in that envelope the rest of the year, okay? And it all goes to the manger offering. Last year's manger offering was to prepare us for the other property. Well, guess what has arrived? The other property. We take last year's, we take this year's, we put it together and we do all the renovation and remodeling inside, outside that we need to do at that church. It needs some TLC, I promise you it does, okay? They could barely, barely hang on, man. But we've got to get that church looking like a church that God would be proud of. So the people of that community would go, wow, that's my church. And we're going to touch boys and girls and moms and dads, and we're going to change, change people's lives. We're not. We're just going to be a conduit that God uses for his glory and honor. God's not done there. God's not done here. He has in the house who he wants in the house. Amen. And so I want you to step out of your comfort zone on the 18th. I want you to step out of your comfort zone in 23 and go where you've never gone before, be where you've never been before, and watch God do supernatural, just miracle thing after miracle thing in front of you. God's got a great work, a plan for us, and he's picked and trusted us with the keys to that property, and may we honor him, honor him. I'm gonna ask you to stay in church. I love you, church. You're a beautiful church. 
I love the house. I love the spirit of the house. I love everything about you and all that God has done here. But God's not done, man. God's not done. He's put a great team together. He's put a great church together. And he's entrusted us with a lot. And the same God is gonna go before us. We're gonna go where we've never gone before. We're crossing our Jordan and we don't know what it is, but we're wide open to it. If you ask me what all of 23 looks like, I can't tell you. I can't. I can tell you some of the stuff we're gonna do, but God's gonna blow us away because he always trumps everything that you think. He does it bigger and better every time. And so I want you to be excited about what God's doing, what God's entrusted us with as a church, and may we honor him. We honor him. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. God, right now, you brought us through a series to remind us that you're the same God. Woo, you're the same God. We're gonna face red seas in our lives, but you're the God that can pardon for us. We're gonna face Goliath. They're gonna have names. Might not be Goliath on that name, but God, you can slay that giant. God, you're gonna call us to the unknown. You're not gonna fill the blanks in because as we step in faith, they will get filled in. And so God, whatever you need to do in each one of us as a church to get us ready as a church for all that you have, God, I pray you do that. Move us today by faith to believe in a God that is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. God, we love you in Christ's name. Amen. Let's worship together. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.